welcome to Film Strip Sessions. This is our general topic show. We do once a month or so to highlight things that we are watching that won't appear on the regular Film Strip show, movies that we are anticipating, and anything else entertainment-wise we are into at the moment. However, today we are doing something a little different. We are talking about music in movies. I'm Brian, and tonight with me is Irina. Irina, what is happening? Not much. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. So, uh, normal film strip listeners are probably wondering, well, what the hell? Where's Jay? This is like the first time he's not been on an episode. So, congratulations, Jay. You deserve a nice little vacation. It won't last long, but enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. The man needs a break every once in a while. Let's talk about music and movies. I'm referring to soundtracks and scores. Irina, you are a score fan. I'm more of a fan of what you would consider a normal soundtrack with you know popular music thrown on there. I will say that I do like scores as well, but I'm not as knowledgeable as you probably are in that area. <laughs> well, you're giving me a lot of credit. I guess that goes back to many years of dance and um, playing French horn and band. So I kind of found that little niche there where I thought, ooh, I'll listen to a score and maybe I can play along with that with one of my many, many brass instruments. Um, but ultimately, I guess my favorite part of all of this is how music, whether it's soundtrack and songs or whether it's the score, how it invokes a feeling. You know, you can have a really crappy movie, but it's got a great score and it elevates the entire piece. Oh, I would definitely agree with that. I think a lot of people don't ever think about how much the music of a movie impacts the how good the movie actually is in the end. And, you know, there are some places out there that will strip the soundtracks out of a movie and let you watch like the movie without the soundtrack. Like, can you imagine watching like um, a Star Wars without the music in the background? Because the music adds a lot of element to that movie. And even though I really love the Star Wars movies and the and the stories behind them, I think the music really enhances those stories and without it would be kind of weird. So it's funny you say that because it's actually one of the movies I was thinking of as I was driving down the road today on my hour and a half long commute to work um, and what it would look like. And really being such a, a stage junkie that I am, it's a play, which I'm not a big play fan and I'm not going to talk about musical soundtracks, but I'm going to say there is an elevation to a stage performance when music is added. So any of these movies that we look at, you take you exactly what you said, you take away the music and you are left with a boring old stage play. Yeah, I would I would agree with that on, on many, many levels, because the music is there to not just help tell the story, but really put you in the zone of what the movie is trying to to portray right you look at a movie um such as like american pie right it's a funny comedy movie but so much of that is the music that's going on in that movie too the the soundtrack of that time and all that stuff so i think that really adds a big element so anyway uh enough of that let's talk about what we're here for let's get into some movies and the music in them and i, I was gonna do you know pick three favorite soundtracks but let's just go off the cuff here and let's talk about our favorite soundtracks give me one of your favorite soundtracks so this is gonna be silly um uh, my favorite soundtrack actually um has to be moonstruck moonstruck is one of my favorite movies the reason i will side with this soundtrack 100 percent is without the the added music there and it, there's a lot of it, it's not orchestral music at all, but it's music that really speaks to the Italian family atmosphere that goes on through the movie. Um, 
and lightens the mood throughout the entire thing when there's some really whacked out family dynamics going on. Now, have you ever seen Moonstruck? I, I have not. I don't even know what that's about. So Moonstruck starred Cher and Nicolas Cage. I think Nicolas Cage was like 24 and she was 42. And it's the story of a woman who's in her mid to late 30s. Yay, she's my age. That's cute. Um, <laughs> and she's recently be- becoming engaged after losing her husband in um, a bus accident. Um, he had hit it by a bus in Brooklyn. So, you know, not not a fun thing. But it's basically her discovering herself in her mid-30s. But the music, there's there are accordions in it. It, it. There's cymbals. There's all kinds of, you know, just little kitschy type uh, instruments that create the music. And it just, it, it gives a great mood. It gives a great feeling. And they do uh, sample from La Boheme. So there's a little bit of opera in there and some recurring themes that that are pretty wonderful interesting well it's got two strikes against it with sharon nicholas cage as the stars but, you know <laughs> that's just me <laughs> hey you know what you know what but the great thing about it is it was before she completely plasticized her face and it was before nick cage decided he wanted to be cute and he was just real so if you want to see nick cage be a real actor instead of what he turned into that's kind of where you got to go back to well maybe i'll check that out someday we'll see i'm gonna start with batman forever right here's a classic example of not the best movie but killer soundtrack right Uh, this had kiss from a rose big time seal song on it it had Mazzy Star, The Offspring, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. I mean, this was just chock full of great stuff. And so it's one of my favorites. I picked this up actually from Urban Outfitters of all places. So I've got it on vinyl from that and that just a weird place to pick it up. But I love that soundtrack. And so I decided to choose that as one of mine here. That's a fun one. I remember buying that. Yeah, I, I mean, remember buying it and listening to it in the car like over and over. He also did, um, the guy who did the score for that did Alien 3. So, But no, cool. that was a good one to listen to. Yeah. All right, what else you got? What else do I got? I'm going to go with a favorite of ours. You're going to love me. Empire Records. Oh, yes. <laughs> how, could I, how could I do this without mentioning that? Like, there's everything in it. Um, and based on the fact that I, I know you and I grew up during the same time period, those were songs that we all listened to. I don't know how many times I sang till I hear it from you, just like standing in my <laughs> living room <laughs> yeah. or like belting it out in the car. I think my mom got tired of he- listening to me sing all these songs. Yeah, and that's another great movie. Some people don't like it and I don't understand why. I mean, to me, it's just a fantastic movie. Uh, and I, you know Rex Manning Day. Who can who can who can't get over Rex Manning Day, right? I celebrate it every year. You got to watch the movie. Oh, like, how, how can I not? <laughs> absolutely. Just my a... kids think I'm crazy, but it's, it's, fine. <laughs> it's, it's okay. It's okay. My kids think I'm crazy, but um, that's another subject. <laughs> <laughs> my next pick is going to be a movie that is a favorite, and again, you'll notice a theme here. We're doing a lot of '90s stuff for me, and I'm going with The Crow. Just an absolutely fantastic soundtrack. It's my favorite movie. The soundtrack is absolutely fantastic. But I'm not going with the soundtrack on this one. I'm going with the score, which is absolutely amazing. So this is, um, I think it's Graham Graham Revel. Is that how you say his name? Graham Graham? 
Um, is that is that? Yeah, yeah I think Rebel. that would be Graham. Yeah. <laughs> It's spelled G-R-A-E-M-E, you know, whatever. But uh, this is awesome. And I, this came up on a website, and I had never known that this had come out as the score to buy. I've always had the soundtrack on CD, and I picked up the vinyl on Record Store Day. And so I w- that's the one I was familiar with. And then I saw this weird cover to a, a Crow soundtrack. And I was like, well, I don't recognize that. And I listened to it, and it was the score. And this is what I listen to at night when I can't sleep. I put this on because it's just got some real cool haunting music uh, that plays on there that really like helps me like drift away and it's really cool but it's an absolutely fantastic sound uh, score that he did for this and I absolutely would recommend this to anyone who loves that movie number one because there's so much music besides what you have on the soundtrack that the pop music soundtrack or I should say metal music soundtrack but um, uh, that is in the movie and you recognize it when you start listening to this and it's, it's really good. So my confession is that I've never seen The Crow. Oh no. <laughs> it's okay. You've never seen Moonstruck so we're even, you know, <laughs> we, we have a tick against each other. But um, so Graham Rebel, did you look up and see what else he's composed? I have not, no. He did the score for From Dust Till Dawn. Okay. The Craft. Ah, the yes, Saint, that one. The Negotiator. Uh, Laura Croft Tomb Raider 2001 edition, because that's the only one I'll watch. And then he did some of the Riddick franchise, too. Okay. I knew he did The Craft, and that's one I'm actually looking at picking up as well, because I haven't listened to his score on that. But yeah, no, I, 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 like I said, I didn't even know that existed. And I'm super glad that I found it because I, I right away went and streamed it and loved it. And so I bought the album uh, right away. So just really good. Um, so I'm going to move on to another one that um, you and I have actually talked about this and how much we both love it. That thing you do. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it came at a time where I really needed to hear all of that music. I think it was in like eighth grade or something, <laughs> but it was fun. It was very period. It was spunky. It gave me something else to, to kind of focus on. And you and I grew up in the nineties. So there was a lot of downer music when we were growing up. I think we can both admit that. So when this movie came out, not only was the movie good and I loved it, but the music just was uplifting and fun. And obviously without the music, this movie would have been nothing, but you know, what I love about this one that movie is all about music. So yeah, you're right. Without the music, it would have been nothing. But what I love about this one is Tom Hanks wrote those songs. What? You just blew my mind. Really? He His his mom was a composer. Is and there so, anything he can't do? Uh, no, right? Pretty sure that's correct. I mean, you might want to Google that. But <laughs> do you want me to Google that you for probably you? probably <laughs> should. But um, no, it's just fantastic. Like Tom Hanks, his mom, I think, was a composer growing up. And so he, he was studied in that music and everything and so it's just what a great soundtrack it's one of my favorite movies and uh, you know i was gosh this one came out in what 98 96 96 okay so that would have been my graduating year and i was still in eighth grade (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know no so i mean that one was big especially in college when i started dating my now wife uh, we would watch that movie constantly. I mean, we I had the VHS, and then when the DVD, I got the DVD. And now that it's Blu-ray, I've got the Blu-ray. It's just one of my favorites. It's an absolutely fantastic movie, and the music just makes it. I mean, especially when you get into the Shrimp Shack Shooters, right? 
<laughs> How can you not love the Shroom Shack shooters? Oh my gosh, Captain I love Geech them, especially the their shooters. <laughs> no, oh. just a fantastic movie with great comedy in it, and the music is is spot on. That that 1960s feel, just everything about it was great. So love that one, great. Pick. Yeah, it was 100 percent nailed with that. They they really put a, a fabulous piece together. Uh, I'm gonna go stick in the 90s here for one more one more album at least. And I'm going with the singles soundtrack. Now, grunge music. That was really big in the early 90s. And Cameron Crowe decided to make a movie about, what else? Grunge music scene in Seattle. And he put together just an absolutely fantastic all-star cast of musicians to put on here to really spotlight that music. Uh, you know, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but we've got Pearl Jam on here. We've got Screaming Trees on here. you got... Paul Westerberg, Alice in Chains, uh, Soundgarden, Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, it's just Mud Honey's on here. It's just chock full of that. Some of the best bands from that early grunge era right here on this album. And it's super fantastic. Love, love, love this soundtrack. And the movie's not great, but the music makes it better for me to watch. <laughs> so funny. I pulled it up um, as we're talking about it because I've never seen it. Um, and I've been in this this place where all I've been listening to on, if you know, serious radio at all, they mm -hmm. have a, the lithium channel, which yep. is all nineties alternative and grunge. And I've been listening to it nonstop for at least two months now. And it's everything on this soundtrack. And it just makes me happy <laughs> that you brought it up because now I feel like I have to sit down and watch this movie. I'll tell you now, the movie itself is not very good. But the music no, but it is sounds fantastic. great, right? Yeah, it does. And it, that's, I think the soundtrack helped me enjoy the movie a lot more. <laughs> because it's if you look at the movie on a whole, it's just not that great of a story that he's telling. But the music is great. And so I, I enjoy watching it because of that. Well, I'm going to totally flip everything on us here. And I am going to kind of go back to the 80s with my next one. You were talking about how. Um, you like to put on the the crow to fall asleep when you can't sleep mm -hmm. sometimes. So um, my junkie moment is aliens. If I can't fall asleep, I will either put on the soundtrack and listen to it and I will zonk out or I will literally put on the movie and just have it playing in the background. And maybe I'm a weirdo who falls asleep to, to that movie. But I remember doing it as a kid. It's like Pavlov's dog. Um, but James Horner wrote the music to the score and he wrote, he composed, pardon me, wrote and composed the score to a million different movies, but this one in particular, it, all of the emotions that it invokes, and it's not super dramatic all the time, even when there's something dramatic happening, he doesn't always go for a full orchestral feeling. It's sometimes it'll just be like the rise of strings. And that's one of those movies that it's, a, I mean, it's a boogeyman movie. We all know that it, we all know it's a sci-fi thrill or pardon me, sci-fi horror movie, but having all of that music associated with uh, invoking the emotions of that moment is just absolutely wonderful. And there are moments in this movie to contrary to what we talked about in the beginning where, you know, music helps uh, bring out everything that's going on in the movie. This movie is one of those that has silent moments where you're just listening to somebody breathe. <laughs> and I don't know whether that was a composer choice or whether that was a James Cameron choice, but everything about it is fabulous. And I think at some points you just hear those silent moments in a pause with strings in the background and the soundtrack. And that makes me happy too. 
Yeah, I mean, that's uh, it doesn't get any scarier than that, I think. I, as a director, if you're doing a scary movie, having those moments where all you hear is someone breathing heavy or scared-like, <laughs> that's a good, good way or, to freak people out. Yeah, or just the sustained strings that he uses. Now, James Horner is one of those composers where I'm going to kind of go off on because he's amazing. He he did Braveheart, he did Aliens, he did Titanic, he did American Tale. Of all things that I would reference, I'd reference American Tale. Love that um, movie. I love that movie so much. It <laughs> makes me so happy. Didn't he do Avatar too? Um, I feel like he did Avatar. Yep, he did. He did Avatar. But he has this ability, unlike other composers out there, to really kind of like go for the gut with how he draws emotion from you. I mean, unfortunately he's not with us anymore, but he, he just knew how to kind of poke at you and get you to feel exactly what was on the screen. And that makes a really good composer right there, you know? Oh, 100%. If you can, if you can convey what's happening that you're watching with the sound, that to me makes all the difference. And that's why I love, you know, things like John Williams soundtracks, right? I mean, just he knows how to bring the emotion of the scene out in that music, that sound. This instrument here is nice and soft for this love scene. This instrument here is really loud for that battle, you know, and I love that. Oh, so. 100%. And, and if you compare the two, though, we get two very, very different composers. Um, John Williams is much more grandiose in in how he arranges his pieces, whereas Horner was always very subdued. His use of instrumentation, his use of the French horn, which is the closest to the human voice, you'll find it in very uh, subtle areas used in, in like a thought-provoking moment because then it echoes what a voice is saying inside your head as you're going through something. Hmm. Williams, definitely, he, he utilizes horns, especially for the moments uh, that are dramatic. But um, the two of them together, the two of them, if you... It's a, it's quite a juxtaposition because they're they're in almost in two different universes. Oh yeah, I, I was just talking the emotion that they can convey with just what they're doing, but um, yeah, no, completely agree. Uh, I'm going with a score next as well. I'm going to talk about the Halloween soundtrack, 2018 style, because this soundtrack, this score by James Carpenter and his son, absolutely is amazing everything about it i listen to this year round man i it doesn't need to be halloween for me to listen to this because that's how good i think this score is and have you had the chance to listen to that no i oh. haven't even seen the movie do you like halloween movies it depends on the day okay and do you like the halloween theme song yes okay so you will like this. It's fantastic. Uh, Cameron does an absolutely brilliant job with it. I, it's his best soundtrack to date, better than the original. Um, just really good. The music is fantastic. And that soundtrack, I remember when that soundtrack came out, uh, Jay had pre-ordered it. And so he sent it over to me. He said, you need to listen to this on Spotify. Sent me the link. I pulled it up and I listened to it while I mowed the lawn of all things. And I absolutely <laughs> loved it. And so I went and bought it. It was like, I need this. So yeah, absolutely fantastic. So I'm, I'm going to kind of switch gears here and I'm going to go back to a soundtrack. And I will upfront say I am not a Beatles fan. 
I'm just going to admit it. Um, but across the universe, this, the, the way all of the Beatles music was used and integrated into this storytelling was flawless. Now, did you see Across the Universe? I did not, no. <gasps> I haven't. I haven't seen Are yesterday. Are you a Beatles lover? I, I am a Beatles lover, but I... Oh, God. This is one that my kids have seen part of, too. Um, actually, they watched yesterday, the other night, without me, so I'm kind of fighting with them, but that's okay. <laughs> but the way that this movie was done, I will tell you 100%, you have to see it. Between the way that the they used the music to kind of... I want. I don't don't want to say remix it, but they they used it as a retelling. Mm -hmm. They recorded everything in different styles for this movie. Um, not all of the music was done in traditional Lennon McCartney style. They took everything and adapted it to the story so that you could have these moments of the, just. And I'm going to spoil a moment for you because the the movie takes place in the 1960s, where we're dealing with segregation and you know, just a ton of crap going on. They take Let It Be and they have this little African-American kid. He's probably like nine singing it to himself as he's cowering behind a car to avoid gunshot. Hmm. And he starts singing it and there's a break in the music and he's just singing it acapella by himself. They take a break in the music and all of a sudden we're in a church and it's his funeral and you have the chorus singing the song yeah. as a gospel. And it's one of those moments in a movie where you think, how can that be the same song? Because it pulls that emotion of this child sitting there lost to all of a sudden a celebration, but a celebration of life. And at the same time, there's that realization of the loss that's happening. And I, I never thought I would say that there was something I enjoyed by the Beatles, but I sat down and watched this movie and I looked at my husband and I said, we need to watch that again. And we watched it at least three nights straight wow, until I finally cool. got enough to where I could like digest everything. Well, I'll definitely put it on a list of things to watch. Another good Beatles reimagining soundtrack is the soundtrack to I am Sam never oh, seen, seen that. never seen the movie but I did hear the soundtrack uh, it came out record store day this last uh, year it was one of the big ones that people were going for and so I just had to see what the heck the, it was all about so I pulled up my Amazon music app and listened to it and it's all these different artists reimagining Beatles songs uh, you have Amy Mann on there Sarah McLaughlin Rufus Wainart the Wildflowers or that beside the wallflowers, Eddie Vedder's on there, Cheryl Crow, um, all these people doing different versions of the songs. And some of them are really, really good. Some, you know, you can take or leave. But for the most part, most of them are actually done really well, and it's kind of cool. So if you if you want to hear some reimagining of Beatles songs, that's another good soundtrack to go for as well. Nice. My next soundtrack I'm going to bring up, I'm going to go to the 80s as well, because this is a classic I'm talking Back to the Future, the yes. soundtrack. It is awesome. I love Back to the Future, but this movie is made by the soundtrack that we get from it. Johnny Be Good, uh, Huey Lewis and the News. I mean, the power of love. I mean, who, you hear that song, and what do you think of? You don't think of Huey Lewis and the News. You think of Back to the Freaking Future, man. And 100%. Absolutely. Back in Time, Huey Lewis and the News, same thing. Uh, just really really awesome soundtrack so that's my next pick i just love love the soundtrack i mean earth angel right how can you not so, think of that scene 
If, right. So um, you stole one from my list, which is fine. I'm <laughs> absolutely fine with it because I'm going to address the score because the score for this is fabulous. You the, the, even like the tinkle of like a little harp or um, I think it might have been bells where they like just trickle the the pardon me. I have no words for it where they just dribble over all of the, the chords there to when doc brown has an idea it's just like the subtle little things there maybe we'll call those sound effects but they're really part of the score because they do bring it back every once in a while if you sit down and listen to it um on that same note the gentleman that uh composed back to the future score also just did Endgame, and i'm telling you the mm. man is gifted because that music is amazing now i haven't seen Endgame, oh. but i listened to the score um so because good. i'm a nerd <laughs> <laughs> so but um alan Silvestri did a great job and i mean earth angel it was one of those things that i always joked to my mom i was like i'm gonna marry the man who proposes to me singing earth angel well guess what that man watched back to the future with me and he proposed to me singing earth angel with the five piece oh, nice. pardon me with a five person like barbershop quintet it, it was it was great so it was one of those like that kind of shaped me as a kid so 100 we're back to the future with everything and right there with huey's uh cameo to make sure we know exactly who recorded all that music <laughs> absolutely <laughs> all right awesome uh let's see i want i can't i couldn't do a podcast about music if i didn't mention this album i'm talking about once more with feeling the Buffy the Vampire Slayer original Yay! cast recording. I mean, come on! Yeah, it I'm right there is with fantastic. You. It you know it's it's rare that you'll get all of these actors and actresses to you know allow themselves to be vulnerable and sing when that's not their thing. And you know some of these people can't sing very well, but you know what? They gave it a shot, and it turned out absolutely fantastic uh, mondo put out a vinyl pressing of this i've had the cd for years but they put out a vinyl pressing of this this last year and i got it and it's absolutely awesome and just so good i love 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 that i'm not gonna lie this is on my um my google play rotation and every once in a while it'll pop on and i'll think yes yeah. Yes, I get to listen to it, and I'll belt out, you know, walk, walk through, through the fire, because <laughs> I gotta go there. Absolutely. It's one of those, and I just have to belt it, and I'm like, Sarah Michelle Geller, eat your heart out. I'm singing the crap out of this, but it's so much fun. And I I remember when it came out because I didn't have cable at home. When this episode aired, there was literally a crowd of us all of my theater friends, we all got together so that we could sit down and watch this episode. And I've watched it probably 20 times since then. <laughs> and again, my kids think I'm crazy, but um, yeah, no, they did a great job with it. The music just added to that episode and it was fun. It was fun. Again, props to Joss Whedon because he wrote all the tunes on that one as well. So, I know. Seriously. Absolutely dude. fantastic. It, I, I, I love that soundtrack. Uh, Rest in Peace, one of my favorites. Just a rockin' tune where you got um, James Marsters, who played Spike, singing this song about how much he wants Buffy to love him, but she won't, and so just leave him alone. Oh, just absolutely great. What an episode. Have a band? What's that? James Marsden, doesn't I he have a band? I think he has a band, yes. Yeah, I think, I think he, does. he does too. Um, it's funny that we talk, we're talking about the musical episode of Buffy because I don't know whether you saw or whether you ever watched um, House. 
No, I did not. They did a musical episode there too. Um, and they didn't do anything original, but they took Judy Garland's um, Get Happy and House sang it like on an operating room table. Um, <laughs> another good episode, even if you don't watch, you never watch the show, a good one to watch. And another one that I sat around going, oh, they're doing a musical episode. Kind of like they did a, a crossover musical episode of uh, Supergirl and the Flash. Okay. Interesting. So fun stuff. Yeah, I'd like it. I mean, when actors and actresses are willing to put themselves out there, I mean, you may not like someone like an Emma Watson or anything like that, but at least she got out there and sang on the Beauty and the Beast movie and didn't like have someone sing for her. Uh, no, so. no, you're you're right. You're right. I don't know whether I call it singing, but we can <laughs> we can say that she put herself out there. I still have not seen that movie. Uh, it's actually pretty good. Now, Beauty and the Beast, I will say, is my wife's all time favorite Disney movie. Because um, it's so, the best. Yep. And so she knows every line of that whole She can quote the whole movie front to back. And so when that came out, we absolutely had to watch it. And it's not bad. I mean, I think they did a really good job with it. That's one of the better ones that Disney's done with the live action, I think. That and Jungle Book are probably the two best ones um, that they've done. But yeah, well, worth seeing, definitely. Well, it's fun, it's funny you say Beauty and the Beast, and you and you mention your wife because it's it, she's my favorite princess too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, aside from Tiana, and that's a whole other different realm of music. But um, <laughs> one of the things I, I I'm going to bring up about Beauty and the Beast is the the musicality, not just the songs that they sing through the movie, but the score itself. The opening theme, you know exactly what movie you're about to watch. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those iconic openers too for them. So yeah, I agree. All right. So let's get to the last part of this episode. And I want you to pick a soundtrack that you think is essential for anyone who loves movie music to own in their collection. So what is your pick for essential soundtrack? Oh, I have two of them. Go for it. Let's do two. Dirty Dancing Mm -hmm. and Guardians of the Galaxy. Fantastic. Love them. Love them both. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, honestly, is one of the best soundtracks ever. Uh, they, it really is. They curated that so well and wove it into the story so perfectly that, it, I mean, I can just sit and put that on and just listen to it all the time. It's really, really good. And I'm not going to lie, Pandora has a Guardians of the Galaxy uh, station that you can listen to. Oh, <laughs> and it's everything that's on this plus a, a crap ton more but it it really is just one of those like you listen to all of those songs and it brings you back to a time because we've heard we've all heard these songs and we all have something associated with these songs i don't care if you are five or you are 14 or you are 25 35 it, it doesn't matter these songs are iconic songs and they uh they just hit it out of the park with this yeah, I, I I will say it again. That's probably one of the best soundtracks ever put together. It's just fantastic. And I love that they released deluxe versions so you can get both the soundtrack and the score together on both uh, versions one and two that they, they put out. And I have those both. And absolutely fantastic stuff. A Dirty Dancing is iconic. I mean, it doesn't get more iconic than that in, in the 80s than, you know, uh, <laughs> baby <laughs> you know and uh, it was good um i have that soundtrack as well love it uh time of my life i mean who doesn't remember the time of my life uh, it's just one of those songs that sticks in your head forever 
It, it really is. And it's one of the, it because it sends you back to that moment in the movie. You mm -hmm. do it with your cat. You hold your <laughs> kid above your head and sing that song. It's just one of those things that brings you back to that moment of ultimate like surrender to enjoying your time together, admitting that it's okay to feel happy. Yeah, absolutely. Great picks. Great picks. I am going to pick this is my essential soundtrack and I absolutely do not like this movie and I'm one of the few who don't and Jay always gets on me for it, but I'm talking about Top Gun. Oh, I hate that movie. Oh, thank you so much. It's got a fabulous soundtrack. It's literally on my list of like good soundtracks, but I hate that movie. Yes, I do not like this movie either. So there we go. At least I'm not alone in this in this on it. But uh uh, you know, Kenny Loggins' masterpiece with The Danger Zone there. Uh, Take My Breath Away by Berlin. It's the song that made and broke that band. <laughs> um, yeah, honestly. And, uh, you know, just oh, absolutely fantastic. Playing with the boys, Hot Summer Nights. Uh, just to me, if there's a soundtrack from the 80s that you should own, it's Top Gun. I think it's an absolutely scorcher of a soundtrack. Yeah, no, it really is fabulous. And I think that's why I, I think that's why I. I will sit through it. <laughs> it's all, I will sit through it and close my eyes and listen to it because I don't want to see it because it's just it, Tom, uh, for me, Tom Cruise did so many of these movies that at some point you just get bored and I'm not looking forward to the, to the, to this next chapter in it, but I'm hoping they can pull out some good music for it at least. Well, we'll see. I mean, the music's obviously changed since uh, this movie came out, but uh, you know, maybe they'll surprise us and go back to the '80s for some, pull some good tracks out of there. But I doubt it. It's supposedly they're all grown up now and whatever. Oh, yeah, well, none of the music from nowadays is grown up, so hopefully they'll just echo <laughs> their past. <laughs> there you go. All right, that is it for this episode of Film Strip Sessions. Thank you, Irina, for joining me on this episode. Jay's going to be back next month to go over the usual topics, so I hope you enjoy this break from the norm as we talk about music and movies. I want to tell you what is coming up for Film Strip. In October, we have our annual Shocktober, and uh, we always go through and do some real fun kind of horror, uh, thriller movies. This, this year, what we have lined up is Psycho, Puppet Master, Stir of Echoes, and the aforementioned 2018 Halloween. So I look forward to that. I hope you do too. Uh, it's going to be fun. You can find links to the podcast and our archives on filmstrippodcast.com. Please follow the show on Twitter at filmstrippod and search for Filmstrip Podcast if you want to follow us also on Facebook. We appreciate your support. And until next time, for Irina, I'm Brian. And this was Filmstrip Sessions. 